Hello campers! Pull up a seat and join me by the campfire. You're just in time for a story. So fly an adventure, won't you take me along? I need someone I can count my own. Life's an adventure, won't you take me along and stay with me? Welcome to episode 3 of Project Story Campfire Edition. I am your host and resident storyteller, Jay Hoke Smith. I have a great story for you this week. It is a story that I always got my grandma to read to me when I was little. I am sure that you have also heard it through growing up because it is a very well-known English fable. I am going to share with you the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. As you listen to the story this week, you may notice that it sounds a little different than what you remember hearing as you were growing up. That's because as I tell the story, I tell it in a way that it's closer to what the original story was way back when it was originally written. So I hope you enjoy as you listen to this more traditional version of Jack and the Beanstalk. It was a long time ago in the English countryside. A great famine was upon the land. A young boy named Jack lived alone with his mother on a small farm. They were out of money and all that they had left to their name was a milking cow named Bessie and enough beans to last them a few more days. So Jack's mother sent him into town to sell Bessie and get enough money to hopefully last them at least a month. As Jack traveled along the road into town, he chanced upon a peddler's cart. The peddler was a very old, hunched-over man. Where are you headed with that old milking cow, sonny? The peddler asked. I'm heading into town to sell it, Jack answered him. My mother and I are almost out of food and very much in need of money. You won't get much money for her at market, the old peddler said. How about I trade you for her? I can give you something better than money. What's that? Beans! But we have beans already. My mother would be so angry with me if I brought home more beans. I'd better be going. Wait! These are no ordinary beans. These are magic beans. Jack's eyes lit up. Magic beans? Yes, they are really, truly magic beans. Please don't think Jack to be a foolish boy. Back in those days, there were rumors of many things being magical. All right, good sir. I will trade you old Bessie for your magic beans. Jack handed the old peddler the rope that was tied around old Bessie's neck, and the old peddler placed three ordinary-looking beans into Jack's hand. You're sure that these beans are magic, right? Jack said as he looked up from the beans in his hand. But as he looked, he saw that the old peddler, his cart, and old Bessie had vanished. Now Jack was sure that the beans must be magic. He raced along the road, running as fast as he could, back home to show his mother the magic beans he had gotten for old Bessie. He ran up to the house, shouting, Mother! Mother! I'm back! His mother was at the stove preparing their dinner. 
How much money were you able to get for old Bessie, Jack, dear? I got something better than money, mother. Really? What did you get for old Bessie? As I was walking along the road into town, I happened upon an old peddler at his cart. He traded me these. Jack held out his hand, showing his mother the three ordinary-looking but surely magical beans. Jack's mother turned and looked to see what he was showing her. Beans? You traded old Bessie for beans? We already have beans. What do you think I have stewing in the pot for dinner tonight? These may look like ordinary beans, mother, but the old peddler told me they were magic beans. And you believed him? You are a silly, foolish boy, then. And you have doomed us both. She grabbed the beans from his hand and threw them out the window. Then she sent him to bed without any supper. Jack laid in his bed and cried. Was he truly just a silly boy, like his mother had said? But as Jack and his mother slept, something amazing happened. The moonlight shone on the spot where the beans had landed, and the beans sprouted and started to grow. They grew and grew all night. The next morning, Jack found a beanstalk outside that was so tall it reached all the way up into the clouds. That next morning, when Jack and his mother woke up, they discovered the beanstalk. Like any teenage boy, as soon as Jack saw it, he wanted to climb it, just because it was there. Don't do it, his mother said. You don't know what's up there. You're right, Jack said. I don't know what I will find up there, but I want to find out. Before his mother could stop him, Jack started to climb. He climbed and climbed. After a couple hours of climbing, Jack reached the base of the clouds. He reached up to touch it and found out that the clouds were not solid, but basically just a mist. So he climbed through the clouds, and the moisture in the clouds wet his clothes and brought a chill to his skin. He started to see some light shining through the top of the clouds above him. He broke through the top and had to, had to squint as the sun shone bright over the clouds. Looking out from the top of the beanstalk, he looked and found himself looking upon a castle that was somehow sitting on the cloud as though it were solid ground. So he cautiously stepped out from the beanstalk and found the top of the clouds to be solid as though by magic. Jack made his way towards the castle and found himself walking through a forest growing out of the clouds, reaching higher than any trees he had seen on the ground. As he reached the door of the castle, he found that the door was not normal height, but was three stories tall. There was no way that he could open the door and walk in, and so he found an open window nearby. There was an ivy growing up the wall beside the window, and so Jack climbed the ivy and entered the castle. Inside he saw what looked like a normal living area, with a table and chairs, and a kitchen area. But everything was at least three times bigger than any he had seen before. As Jack looked, he saw a giant lady standing in the kitchen, cooking what looked like a pot pie. But she was cooking it with 30 whole chickens in it. Jack hadn't eaten anything since the day before, and the smell of cooking made his stomach growl so loud that the giantess turned to look 
at the disturbance. As her eyes fell on Jack, a look of pity fell across her face. Where did you come from, tiny boy? She asked him. I came from the land far beneath this castle, Jack said. I climbed a magic beanstalk that grew up overnight beside my house, and it brought me above the clouds to this strange land. Please, my good lady, could you spare a small amount of your food there? I have not eaten since yesterday, and I am very so hungry. Why, of course you can have some. The giantess grabbed a giant plate that held the roasted chickens that she was putting in the pie and held it out to Jack. As he reached for one of the chickens, he said, Thank you, good lady. Jack began to eat the chicken greedily, but the giantess got a worried look on her face. Little boy, my husband will be home from pillaging nearby villages soon, and little boys are his favorite snack, she said to him. I would hate for you to be eaten up by him, so please, will you let me hide you away while you eat? Jack agreed and climbed into the palm of the giantess's hand, and she carried him across the room into the kitchen, where she placed him into one of the cabinets. You will be safe in here. This is the cabinet where I store my vegetables, and my husband goes nowhere near them. Good lady, may I ask what your name is, so that when I return home I may tell of your generosity? Certainly. My name is Sophia. Pleasure to meet you, Sophia. My name is Jack. Just then, they heard the sound of the castle door creaking open. Quickly now, hide inside the cabinet and don't make a sound. Jack walked deeper into the cabinet and found a carrot the size of a bus and climbed on top of it to sit as he ate his chicken. Outside the cabinet, Jack could hear a very loud footsteps coming down a long hallway. Then came a booming voice that said, Fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. You silly man, came the voice of Sophia. You're probably just smelling the Englishman you had yesterday, that you caught on your raid of that English village. Come and sit at the table. I'm sure you are hungry, and I made you a chicken pot pie. Ooh, that sounds delicious, my dear, said the giant. I just hope you haven't put any disgusting vegetables in it like you did last time. Don't worry yourself, said Sophia. I made one pie for you without the vegetables, and one for me with the vegetables. As Jack ate his roast chicken, he also took a few bites of the carrot he was sitting on. It was the best tasting carrot Jack had ever eaten. After several minutes that were filled with the sounds of the giant eating very rudely and noisily, Jack heard the giant say, Woman, before I take my nap, I want you to bring me my hen so that she can lay me some eggs. Jack couldn't believe that after such a massive meal that the giant could want to eat anything more. What did he want with some chicken eggs? Jack found a small hole in the cabinet door and peeked out of it. As he peeked out, he saw a hen that was the size of a very large dog. Sophia brought the hen in and set it on the table in front of the giant. The giant looked at the hen and said, Lay, hen! Jack thought this was quite silly. 
He had never heard of a hen that would lay an egg on command, but to Jack's astonishment, he saw that the hen squatted down. When it stood back up, there was indeed an egg sitting on the table. Not only that, but it was an egg so big you would have to use both hands to hold it, and it looked to be made of solid gold. Jack thought to himself, "With a hen like that, Mother and I would no longer be poor." And furthermore, that giant probably stole it from someone else, so it isn't even rightfully his. I could take it from him and return home down the beanstalk. I just need to do it while he isn't looking, or I may become dessert. Just then, the giant boomed out, "Woman, put this egg with all my others and bring me my harp. I'm ready for a nap." What luck! If the giant takes a nap, Jack can simply take the hen while he is sleeping. As Jack continued to watch, Sophia brought in a harp the size of Jack that was made of gold. On the side of the harp was a carved, beautiful woman. To Jack's astonishment, the woman began to move, and then she began to sing, as the harp strings started strumming all by themselves. As the harp played and sang, the giant's eyes grew heavy. And soon his head drooped down, and he began to snore. The harp continued to play as the giant slept. Now is my chance, thought Jack. So he climbed from the cabinet and made his way to the table as quietly as he could. He climbed up on the table and found the hen sleeping as well. As he reached for the hen, he heard a sweet voice whispering behind, "Who are you?" He turned to see who had spoken, and found it was the harp. I am Jack. I come from the village way below here on the ground," he answered her. "My mother and I are quite poor, so I plan to take this hen with me, so we won't have to worry about money any more." "Silly boy," the harp said. "If you were to just grab the hen, she would wake up and start squawking. Then the giant would wake up and make a snack of you. Let me sing a special lullaby." That would assure the hen will stay asleep until you return home, and the giant will remain asleep until you are gone. I only ask that you take me as well. The giant stole me from a land far away, and has enslaved me here in the castle. I wish to be among kinder folk than he. I wish I could take you with me, Jack said, but I am afraid that I cannot carry both you and the hen together. But what if I promise to return for you tomorrow? Will that work for you? You sweet boy, that will work fine. I shall tell the giant when he awakes and finds his hen missing that some bandits snuck in and stole it, and that I tried to wake and warn him, but he slept too deeply. Then the harp began to play a tune so soft and sweet that Jack almost fell asleep where he stood, but he was able to snap out of it. All right. They should both be plenty asleep enough for you to make your escape," the harp said. "Just remember your promise to me." "I will," said Jack. "Dear sweet harp, do you happen to have a name?" "I do," she said. "My name is Gloria." "What a beautiful name," Jack said. He quickly grabbed the hen by her feet and made as swift an escape as he could, dragging the large hen behind him. She proved to be heavier than expected, but Jack made it out of the castle with her. 
In the forest outside the castle, using some grass he found that was as tall as himself, Jack fastened a rope and used it to harness the hen to his back. The journey down the beanstalk was trickier than the journey up was. Plus, he had the added inconvenience of the added weight from the hen. But finally, Jack reached the bottom of the beanstalk. No sooner did he step foot on the ground than the hen woke up and began to squawk. The noise brought Jack's mother running outside. Jack quickly told his mother of the castle and the giant he found at the top of the beanstalk. As he untied the ropes, to let the hen down off his back. As soon as the hen was standing on the ground and able to walk around, she began pecking the ground, eating her fill of bugs and worms. Jack, you wonderful boy. A hen this big will feed us for at least another week, Jack's mother exclaimed. No, mother, Jack said. This hen isn't for eating. She will make us rich. Watch this. Jack turned to the hen and said, Lay, hen! As Jack and his mother watched, the hen squatted down, and when she stood back up, they found a large, solid gold egg on the ground. Jack, this is amazing, his mother cried. We are set for life now. But do grab an axe and cut down the beanstalk, for surely when the giant finds you have taken this hen, he will be coming for you. Don't worry yourself, mother. The giant never even knew I was there. Besides... I must return up the beanstalk tomorrow, for I made a promise to someone that I would return. I do not want you going back up there. What if you should be caught? I won't be caught. And like I said, I made a promise, and you taught me to never break a promise. That night, Jack and his mother slept, while the hen pecked around in their yard happily and content. The next morning, they both got up early. Jack quickly made his way to the beanstalk while his mother took the golden egg into town to trade it for food and supplies. Jack climbed as fast as he could go, hoping to reach the castle while the giant was out. When Jack arrived at the castle, he climbed up in the same window as the day before and found Sophia over by the stove cooking more food for the giant. It looked like today she had three whole roasted cows with a whole field's worth of potatoes. Hey, Sophia! Jack called out in a whisper. Sophia turned around and found Jack at the window. Young Jack, she said, you should not be here. My husband is in a terrible mood since his hen has gone missing, and I am afraid I will not be able to hide you this time. As soon as he comes in and smells you, he will tear the room apart until he finds you, and then you will become an appetizer for his dinner. I won't stay long, Jack said. I came back for the harp. I promised her yesterday as I was taking the hen that I would come back and rescue her from the giant. So it was you who took my husband's hen. Jack looked a little ashamed as he said, Yes, it was me, only because my mother and I are quite poor and starving. If you must turn me into your husband, then go on ahead. Just please don't tell him where to get the hen back. Let my mother live out the rest of her days in peace. Don't worry, boy, said Sophia. I won't turn you in. You won't? No. I've always hated how he treated that hen, locking her in a cage and only taking her out so she could lay him more eggs. And the poor harp has become no more than a slave to him. He keeps her locked away in a safe, in darkness, only letting her out 
so she can sing him to sleep. Poor Gloria, Jack said. Please, Sophia, help me to free Gloria from the clutches of your husband. I will help you. Just wait here on the windowsill while I fetch her for you. Jack stayed on the windowsill, hiding behind a flower pot, waiting for Sophia to return. Sophia returned with Gloria in hand. Here, Jack, I have tied some ropes around her so you can carry her on your back. As soon as Gloria saw Jack, she said, Jack, you returned for me, just like you said. I promised you I would, Jack said. Sophia set the harp down on the windowsill, and Jack hoisted her onto his back, tying the ropes around his shoulders. Now quickly, Jack, you two must flee before my husband returns home. To Jack's delight, he found that Gloria weighed much less than he expected. She was way lighter than the hen had been. He quickly climbed down the ivy, and just as he reached the ground, he heard the unwelcome sound of the giant's voice booming out of the open window. Fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Jack started running toward the forest as fast as his legs could take him. From behind Jack, he heard the giant call out, There he is! He has stolen my hop! Jack didn't even stop to look around. He just continued running in the direction of the beanstalk. He was almost there when the booming sound of the giant's footsteps came running up behind him. Jack leapt for the beanstalk and began climbing down as fast as he could, doing a little more sliding down rather than just climbing. When Jack was about halfway down, he felt the beanstalk begin to sway back and forth. Gloria screamed in Jack's ear, saying, The giant has begun climbing down after us! Faster, Jack! Faster! Jack kept climbing down as fast as he could. He was two stories above the ground when he saw his mother returning from town with a cart full of supplies. Get the axe, mother! Jack called down to her. And hurry! Jack was ten feet from the bottom and jumped off the beanstalk to the ground. He removed Gloria from his back just as his mother returned with the axe. What is it, Jack? What is going on? Jack grabbed the axe from his mother's hand and said, Look up and you'll see. The giant is coming after me. His mother looked up and let out a scream at the sight of the giant climbing towards them. Jack began to swing the, swing the axe with all his might. Whack! Whack! The axe began to cut through the stalk like it was a fir tree. Whack! Whack! Jack continued to hack away at the beanstalk with all his might. Whack! Whack! The giant got closer and closer to them. Whack! Whack! Jack's arms started to grow tired with the effort. Whack! Whack! With one last swing of the axe, the beanstalk started to creak and crack. Jack cried out, Timber! As the beanstalk started to fall over with the giant coming along with it, the giant hit the ground with a booming thud. He was no more. With the help of some of the townspeople, Jack covered up the giant's remains with dirt, making a large hill behind Jack's house, with a memorial stone that read, Here lies the evil giant who was vanquished by Jack the Giant Killer. 
Jack and his mother lived quite content for many years, using the golden eggs their hen provided for them as a means for a happy life in the valley. And Gloria was happy to serenade her rescuer and anyone else who should want to hear her with beautiful music every day. People came from far and near to see Giant's Hill and meet the boy who had vanquished the terrifying giant. The End Now before we leave the campfire for another week, it is time for another installment of a few of my favorite stories. This week, the story I want to suggest for you is actually a book series called The Land of Stories, written by Chris Colfer. It is the story of a brother and sister who find their way into the world where all of our fairy tales and fables come from. It is a really great story to read and worth your time. I also want to say a special thanks again to my friend Carter LaGrange for the use of his song Adventure as the theme song of Project Story. Go check him out wherever you get your music from. Also, I want to let you know that if you would like to get a hold of me, either to give me feedback on the story this week or to share a story of your own, you can send those to me at projectstory.fire at gmail.com. Or you can connect with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at jhoaxsmith1. Or you can find me on Instagram. Just search jhoaxsmith and look for the Project Story logo. I will put a link to all those in the show notes. Also, if you share your story with me and give me permission, it may appear in a future episode of Project Story. That is all I have for you this week. Join me here by the fire again in two weeks for another story. I will share with you the first episode of what I am calling Eerie Camp Heary Files. I hope you come and join me by the fire then. But until next time, keep living out your story and be sure to make it the best story you can.